this is Dr. Chalmers. I'm here with another Wellness Insights with Dr. Chalmers. Uh, today, I want to talk about reactive oxidative stress or ROS. Uh, most of you guys are going to know about this as free radicals and free radical damage. So I kind of want to go over what this is. I talk about this a lot. This is super important to me. So whenever I talk about stress, the damaging effects of stress, the you know what wellness really is about battling stress, this is really what I'm talking about. If we could take a single pill and knock out all of our reactive oxidative stress, uh, we would live a much, much, much longer, healthier, happier lives, no cancer, heart attack, strokes, things like that. Our brains would work, our hearts would work, our energy would be high, we'd feel fantastic all the time. So the the bulk of my, my existence as a wellness practitioner is in figuring out ways that we can repair the damage from reactive oxidative stress, re- remove the oxidative stress that's in the body, and eliminate free radicals and, and bring the tissue back to health. So that's why this is such a big deal. This is why you hear me talk about it all the time because it's, I'm super hyper-focused on getting rid of this and fixing it. So I kind of want to give you guys a, a, a quote from the text that uh, kind of helps kind of bring this to focus. So reactive oxidative stress or free radicals. So a free radical can be defined as any molecular species capable of independent existence that contains an unpaired electron in an atomic orbital. So basically what that means is that the the outer shell is unbalanced. And so it kind of wobbles, wobbles a, a washing machine with too many towels on one side. The, the problem is, is that uh, because it's lost that one electron, it will either give up its electron to somebody else to make itself stable, thereby destabilizing the other uh, molecule or atom, uh, or it will steal one so that it can become uh, stable at the expense of destabilizing another atom or molecule. So the problem with that is that if it makes another molecule unstable, then what ends up happening is that the bonds that hold that molecule together can start to decay and fall apart. And so think of it like pouring acid on something and it just starts to just kind of melt into turn into goo and fall apart. That's basically what we're talking about. So back to the quote, the presence of an unpaired electron results in certain common properties that are shared by most radicals. Many radicals are unstable and highly reactive. They can either donate an electron or accept an electron from other molecules, therefore behaving as oxidants or reductants. So either adding or reducing the electrons on the outer shell. The most important oxygen-containing free radicals in many disease states are hydroxyl radical, superoxide and anion radicals, hydrogen peroxide, oxygen singlet, hypochlorite, nitric oxide radicals. There's, there's a list of them. So these are highly reactive species capable in the nucleus and in the membranes of cells damaging biologically uh, relevant molecules such as DNA, proteins, carbohydrates, lipids, basically everything. Free radicals attack important macromolecules leading to cellular damage, homostatic disruption. That means that the normal way that things are functioning breaks down and so it goes into chaos. So targeting free radicals includes all kinds of molecules in the body. Among them, lipids, nucleic acids, proteins are all major targets. So basically what we've got is we've got free radicals acting like uh, acid, destroying all the good fun stuff that's going on, which damages the normal metabolic function so that nothing can work the way it's supposed to, damages DNA so cells start to divide improperly, and that's where we get cancer. 
Uh, so it, it tears up everything around it. And so that's that's the problem. That's why, you know, this is kind of in a nutshell is why ROS, why free radicals are so horrible is that's why we have to fight so hard to get rid of them. And that's kind of the big the big piece. One of the tissues that we we talk about the most with ROS that shows up well in research is the immune system. So I want to kind of get, go through this because I get the question all the time. Well, you know, I, I thought they were good. I thought they were bad. I thought that. so. The way I, I the way I kind of get into this is we talk about fire, right? Is fire good or bad? Well, it depends. Fire on your stove, good. Fire in your furnace, good. Fire in your fireplace, good. Fire in your roof, not so great. So there, there's good times and bad times. So for instance, our body uses bleaches. It uses hydrogen peroxide is actually a bleach. So it uses some of these chemicals to destroy cells on purpose. So if we see cancer cells, viruses, bacteria, all sorts of stuff, what happens is that the white blood cells, the phagocytes, will surround that bad thing, and then they'll literally squirt all this basically bleach onto the invading species, bacteria, virus, whatever, and it will tear it apart. The free radicals will literally just shred that thing, just turn it to goo. And then the phagocytes, the, the white blood cells, will then suck that back in and then so there's no, because the last thing you want is to squirt a bunch of bad stuff on something that's invading, kill it, and then walk off and have all that, all the, all the excess acid eat through something that we actually wanted to keep. So it sucks it all back in, cleans it up and moves on. And so that's kind of how this works. And so our immune system uses free radicals in a very, very good way. The problem is that when they get out and about and they do, they do bad things. So we, we they don't just run around spraying free radicals on things for no reason. So that's kind of how the army in the body works. And so when we run amok, when, when, when these systems kind of go all over, that's when we have problems. And this is also why we see like autoimmune issues when the body has to go through and starts trying to clean up damaged tissue, small viruses, bacteria, chemical damage to the tissue. And the immune system goes in trying to attack that issue that's embedded in tissues we, that we already have, like thyroid, for example. That's why the immune system destroys that tissue. And then even though the immune system has kind of moved on, because it can't clean everything up, it continues to eat at the organ and to damage the organ. So, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, we talk about cancer drugs that save people's lives and how they're basically just a, just a very, very powerful free radical. And the idea is that as we're pumping a ton of highly damaging free radicals into the body, because cancer has a much higher metabolism, thus requiring more nutrients, thus sucking up a lot more chemicals that are sitting around the body, the idea is that the cancer will suck up more of the free radicals and thus die faster than the tissue around it, therefore will kill the cancer without killing too much of the good tissue we're trying not to kill, which kind of works sometimes, but we, which is also why I always, and I belabor this point, if you have cancer and you go through cancer treatment and you're in remission, therefore the cancer you had died, you're not done. You're not even really halfway through what I would consider a full treatment because you've got to clean up the rest of those chemistry, those chemicals. You got to pull out all that, all those tox, highly toxic chemicals that were used to kill your cancer. I'm not saying we shouldn't necessarily use them because if you can kill a cancer, kill cancer, but you're not done. You've got to clean up the body. You got to add more nutrients. You got you to make sure the body can function again. Remember, you don't catch cancer, you grow it. And so if we grow cancer because we have 
we don't have the right chemistry in the body. And then the our solution is to pour really bad chemistry in the body. You've got to clean up the really bad chemistry you put in, clean up the bad chemistry that we already had, and then create good chemistry at the end of it so that we don't have cancer show up somewhere else. This is why I always look at, you know, people who go, well, I had this cancer and now I have that cancer, or I had this cancer and then it came back somewhere else. Well, fix the way that the chemistry in the body is, and we won't have to worry nearly as much about getting cancer, secondary cancer, cancer spreading, things like that. So that's the big thing where we start looking at. Now, there's other free radicals that people want to talk about all the time that are good. So this is the fire and the oven type of idea. So nitric oxide, for example, is actually a pretty powerful free radical. However, the way that it reacts on the body is kind of like it works in a car. I mean, you put nitrous oxide in a car and you get a whole lot more horsepower for a short period of time. Same idea. Nitric oxide goes in the blood, blood vessels dilate, boom, lots more blood, lots more oxygen, lots more nutrients to the area. Oftentimes, this is why we, you know, we talk about the most, you know, in, in the bodybuilding and the athletic community, we talk about using nitric oxide to increase the pump, increase the, the blood, the oxygen, and the nutrient flow to muscles so that we can get the muscles to react different, tear down faster, rebuild faster, all that great stuff. So it is great, uh, but it, it's very, very short-lived. And so this is the problem that we get into. Because, you know, lifters and everybody are all, are all angry because they're like, well, you know, I take all this, this, you know, explode. I take this nitric oxide, I take all this arginine. And that, that's how your body makes nitric oxides out of arginine. You know, I take all this arginine and, and, and I go to lift and I can only get nitric oxide to function for a short period of time. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. You don't want nitric oxide in your blood all the time. It will really, really mess you up. So that's why it's there. It, it's literally there. Kind of almost exactly like the same reason we have in a car. We're driving, we're driving, everything's great. You know, we're going fast. When you go a little bit faster, boom, hit that nitric oxide. So in the body, we're working out, we're lifting hard, we're going hard. The body goes, ooh, we need to get it up for one more thing. We got to go just a little bit harder. Boom, there's some nitric oxide in there. Boom, we get a little bit more horsepower, a little bit more functionality in the body. The muscles work just a little bit harder because they got a little bit more, a little bit more juice to them, but it's short lived as it's supposed to be. And then the cool thing is that the nitric oxide that is that is naturally produced ends up denaturing itself and falling apart so that it doesn't actually hurt the body. So when you start reading about nitric oxide and you find out it's a free radical, yes, that all those things are true. But again, like I said, this is fire in the stove. This is not fire on the roof. So nitric oxide used properly is actually a good thing. The real problem that we get into with ROS is when it starts moving around the body unchecked. So here's one of the big pieces when we talk about ROS, we talk about blood vessel damage, so placating heart attack stroke. So think of it like sandpaper flowing through your blood vessels, just tearing up all the really soft, silky, smooth blood vessels. So as it tears it up, it starts placking. So as over time, this damage creates uh, pathological issues that can turn into cancer, heart attack, strokes, plaque, all that type of stuff. These, so here's the fun thing with plaque. So as, it tear, as these reactive oxidative stress issues tear up the blood vessels, creating plaque, it slows down, obviously, because if you have a pipe and you then put plaque in it, you decrease the amount of area that blood can flow it. Kind of like sticking your thumb over the end of a, of a water hose, you've decreased the amount of area that the blood can flow. So what does that do? It decreases oxygen to the body. What has happens then? As we decrease oxygen, we increase reactive oxidative stress. So the more plaque we have, the more ROS we have, the more ROS, the more plaque. And so it just creates this cycle. And that's why these things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And that's why it's so important that we start noticing plaque from like a calcium CT. We jump on it immediately and we start breaking down the processes that create the plaque, not necessarily just 
cholesterol levels, but the reactive oxidative stress that is causing the damage to the blood vessel, thus necessitating the plaque to stick, the cholesterol to stick. So that's the big issue. So not only do these 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 processes decrease oxygen because they decrease in two ways. But when I just say it decrease the total blood volume that goes through, but your body also uses oxygen to denature ROS. So as we have less oxygen because there's plaquing, we have more ROS. Your body's now using more oxygen to, de- to destroy the ROS. So that's less oxygen in the tissues. We have less oxygen in the tissues. We make less ATP. ATP is obviously adenosine triphosphate, which is the chemistry that we use to make everything work the brain, the heart, the muscles, all that stuff. So we end up with less energy. We feel achiness, soreness, stiffness in the body. Our bodies, it's harder to get up and move. We have more fatigue. Things don't, you know, get, they, they hurt longer. All of those things kind of start going sideways. The worst thing is that there's stuff we can't feel, like the placking, uh, the damage to the blood vessels, the, uh, the oxidation of lipids, the uh, oxidation of, of other cells. Uh, oxidized cholesterol is actually something that I test for in my inflammatory panels because once you start having oxidized cholesterol, man, we're in a bad, bad place. We're, we're, we're in a place where we've got to push hard immediately at pushing back on, on, on denaturing some of this stuff. So that's when I push hard for, you know, high dose uh, CoQ10, hyperbaric oxygen, lots of niacin, lots of lots and lots and lots of uh, methylated B vitamins uh, to help start clearing this stuff out, you know, NAD, that type of thing. So. That's a big piece. So the the other issue is that not only can we create placking and damage to the blood vessels, but the, the the phospholipid bilayer of the actual cellular cytoplasm, the wall of the cell, also gets damaged. It'll get into the mitochondria and damage the DNA. So these, and again, that causes all sorts of problems, uh, aging issues. It causes all sorts of cancer issues and things like that. So this can create all sorts of issues. Uh, it shortens telomeres. Uh, there's a lot of research now that talks about telomere length is the is the way that we can quantitatively measure long-term health, function, quality of life, things like that. And so, you know, again, allowing the ROS to get in and damage everything is a really, really big problem. So we have to, okay, well, where are these things coming from? How do we decrease the amount of stuff that's getting in our body? So we have the exogenous, which is coming from the outside of the body. We have the endogenous, the things that are coming from the inside of the body. So one of the big ones we come from x-rays, you know, mammograms. Uh, I think I don't know if you guys have all heard. I I hate mammograms. It's old technology. It was the best thing to do 40 years ago. MRIs have come a long way. They've come down a lot in cost. They're substantially better. X-rays don't show soft tissue real well. MRIs show soft tissue really well. And so if we're looking for cancer, which is soft tissue, and a breast, which is soft tissue, we should probably be using the the diagnostic uh, imaging that shows soft tissue. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but... Then again, all of my patients get MRIs for breast issues. If we're worried about breast issues, they do not get x-rays because like I said, x-rays create more problems than they solve. And they're also just a horrible way of looking at things. Cigarette smoking, vaping goes in this category as well. One, it decreases oxygen throughout the body. Two, there's a ton of chemicals in cigarettes and in uh, vaping that are both really powerful free radicals. And so that, you know, obviously we're going to see lots of ROS from that. And so we've got to be really, really careful with that. Plus, both of them reduce oxygen to the body. The less oxygen we have, the less aerobic respiration our mitochondria can go through. And so the more ROS we produce. So smoking is just bad all the way around. Don't do that. Air pollutants. Uh, so if you live in a city like Dallas, you're constantly breathing stuff in from, you know, the exhaust, the exhaust from cars, planes, buses, you know, the semis, 18 wheelers, the chemical bug sprays. Like, I don't know, like in Dallas, what they do, 
because we're so horribly terrified of, of mosquitoes, which I'm not saying we shouldn't be. Mosquitoes, mosquitoes are terrible, but they drive around and they spray fog, which is just a chemical, you know, to kill the mosquitoes. Well, we breathe that in too. And people go, well, stay indoors. Well, that's not going to help. Our, our houses aren't, you know, sealed plastic bubbles. So we're going to get some of that stuff in. It's going to get on our cars. It's going to get on stuff. We're going to touch that stuff. We're going to get it. We're going to get it in our bodies no matter what. So, you know, the spray we use to kill, you know, mosquitoes, the spray we use to kill weeds, you know, the lie. I don't know if you guys have ever been around where they're building roads, but that white powder they spray out there, you know, that stuff, it gets in the air. Don't try not to breathe that. That stuff's bad too. Pesticides, you know, when they spray those, even the ones that are supposed to be organic and not hurt you very much, you still don't want to drink, uh, drink, you don't want to breathe that highly concentrated stuff. So don't drink it either. But, you know, breathing that is going to create some issues. Now, here's the one that's a little bit hidden food allergies, food sensitivity. As we talked about a lot, just because you eat something and you don't instantly die, people think of food allergies like, oh, I ate a peanut and died, or I ate some shellfish and I swelled up and looked goofy, kind of like in the movie Hitch. Yeah, you've got that. That's that's a real thing. I'm not trying to say it's not, but we also have these food sensitivities where we eat something and we just get a little bit uncomfortable or a little gassy, or we get a little nauseous, we get a little sick. Those type of things are also creating inflammation and all sorts of other problems that lead to ROS as well. And then basically all medications. I, I can't think of a medication that doesn't create some type of issue that's going to lead to some type of reactive oxidative stress uh, function. Now, that is not to say you should stop taking your medications, but what it does mean is that if you're going to take a medication, understand the upsides and the downsides, do something to, to increase the benefit to the upside and decrease the downsides to the drug, and you're going to be better all, overall. So some of the internal uh, or the endogenous functions are metabolism. So in the mitochondria, when we don't have enough CoQ10 or oxygen, for example, the mitochondria cannot create ATP through aerobic respiration through the electron chain transport system. So what ends up happening is that the body starts to make it anaerobically without oxygen. And it ends up producing like a third or fourth of the amount of ATP, but it also produces a ton of free radicals, which further depletes the body of CoQ10 and further depletes, depletes the body of oxygen. So this vicious cycle of not enough ATP and a lot of free radicals being produced continues on and on and on and on, which is one of the reasons why when we start working with people on this, I put them at four to four to 800 milligrams a day of CoQ10 spread out throughout the day for the first two, three weeks so that we can start kind of correcting this system. And then we go back to a maintenance dose of maybe two, 300 milligrams of CoQ10. So some of the other things, the xanthine oxide, peroximus, inflammation, phagocytosis, arachidonic pathways, exercise can actually do this. And the reason exercise does this is because as you start exercising and you run out of oxygen, you have to actually function, your body creates more free radicals, you know, through the ATP process, through, you know, all sorts of things. Hypoxia creates all sorts of lactic acid and all sorts of other things. And then ischemic uh, reperfusion injuries often cause lots of problems. So the I wanted to run through these because the big piece is that we're not getting away from free radicals. They're not going to just, you know, magically not happen in anybody's body ever again. They're going to happen all the time in everyone's body. And we start to have, we're going to have to really, really work on getting those out. So this is just some of the some of the stuff I could go on and bore you for hours with all the horrible, terrible things it does to the brain, all the horrible, terrible things it does to the heart. But just remember that the thrust of this was that we all have ROS, we all have inflammatory processes, we all have uh, the reactive oxidative stress. Um, 
and that this is the real reason we've got to push back so hard on this. This is why I do hyperbaric for an hour every day. This is why I take 600 milligrams of CoQ10 every day. This is why I take so many methylated B vitamins, you know, because, you know, I run a very, very high stressful life, high go, go, go life. And I'm hyper concerned about where I'm going to be when I'm 80. And so these are the things that I'm doing to focus my health. This is what I'm worried about with my kids and my family, my friends. So look at ROS, you know, look at the things that are causing it. Start getting these things fixed. Um, one of the things that's a big, big player in this is the sympathetic parasympathetic functionality. So when we start talking about psychology, we start talking about, you know, finding ways to relax, to shut off, to calm down, to breathe, to relax, to decrease the speed and the intensity of our lives around us. That's why this is so important. So again, the fact that I am super worried about ROS and that it's kind of one of the key factors in what I do which is also why I'm so big on psychology, which is why I'm so big on finding ways to get out of that sympathetic state and move back to the parasympathetic for us to find ways of relaxing. The reason why I tell people to work out, the way we tell people to work out, you know, the reason we designed the Vibe 5 workout for the whole, you know, the, the full range of motion stuff, the activation of all the muscle spindle fibers to increase PTO function and decrease limbic function to just, you know, the whole, like, we want you to feel better. The way that you can know is that you're in parasympathetic is when you just feel at peace. When you like, after you worked out and you're like, you know, I was all stressed out and freaking out. My mind was going a million miles an hour and I went and worked out and I feel like everything kind of slowed down. Like I can just, okay, I can breathe. Like, okay, everything's relaxed. Everything's kind of calm. I can, I can, I can process the stuff that's going on. That's where we're supposed to be all the time. The problem is, is that we're not there ever. We're stressed out, we're freaked out, we're moving too fast, things are going too crazy. We're in that sympathetic state, which is producing tremendous amounts of free radicals. And so if you're there, like I am, all the time, the only option we have is to balance it. And that's with, you know, hyperbaric oxygen, high dose supplementation, CoQ10, green teas, methylated B vitamins, histidine, things like that. That's super important. So recognize that we all have way too much ROS that we need to uh, find ways of psychologically decreasing our stress. And then we need to put in tons and tons of nutrients to balance it. Otherwise, we're going to end up in a place we don't want to be. So you can make the argument, and I think it's pretty solid argument, that wellness, holistic wellness, is the fight against reactive oxidative stress. So quality of life long-term is the fight against reactive oxidative stress. That's the That's, I think, the easiest way of cutting this down and saying this is what it is in a nutshell. So These are some of the more important ones. Let's kind of push back against these. I think we're going to end up in a really good place. Thanks. 